everyone. Welcome to the Charvak Podcast. This is your host Kushal Mehra. All right, today's podcast is the history of Indian cuisine. So, just to give you guys a brief idea about how we came up with this podcast. So, as you know, last time Abhijit and I did a podcast on the street food history of India. Uh, it, it was more generic. It was not Indian street food. Or, fir, as always, Abhijit and I sit down and discuss what do we talk about next. So, I asked Abhijit ki yar. इंडियन क्यूजीन के ऊपर करें क्या पॉडकास्ट बिकॉज मैं जब सर्च कर रहा था तो इतने लोग उस पर बात नहीं करते थे एंड देन अभिजीत सेड आई आई वुड लव टू बी पार्ट ऑफ इट बट आई हेट प्रेजिंग अभिजीत बिकॉज इट हर्ट्स मी वेन आई प्रेज हिम वेरी डीपली बट यू नो अभिजीत एक्चुअली टोल्ड मी कुशल इट आई के नॉट डू जस्टिस टू दिस बट आई नो समन हुई breeds and imbibes this sentiment and is actually doing this as a business so he to introduce me to bhaskar menon and uh, bhaskar has come for the first time on the podcast so bhaskar and abhijit welcome thank you so much i have to do a namaste since you said namaste and uh, i'm so excited to be here i'm so happy to be here um so yes uh, thank you so much for introducing me um Uh, Kushal, uh, actually, so we do something called historical Indian food uh, at two of our restaurants in Delhi and Gurgaon, um, and the concept uh, historical Indian cuisine at our restaurant Mala Akbari, which we run, uh, actually means uh, three things. Uh, it it basically is the history of uh, food in India through uh, the lens of uh, of of what ingredients we ate in history. So. Uh, an interesting part of indian history or the food of history of india is that actually chilies potatoes tomatoes peanuts cashew nuts pineapple corn uh, only came to uh, india uh, like actually were only uh, only in the 1800s and uh, when christopher columbus discovered america in 1492 uh, or what is called the new world these ingredients were the, were found for the first time uh, there Uh, the second part is that there's a small misconception of what people think of as historical indian food at least in north india or in delhi where we live log uh, historical indian khane ko mughlai khana kehte hain the mistake in that is ki uh, two things first the mughals never ate what is called mughlai food because they were from uh, uzbekistan babar was from andijan and uh, they really don't use spices there uh, they use maximum zira and even kali mirch and that is today in 2023 great food but not spicy food um and uh, the second part is that not all indian history is also mughal so in a landmass uh, of what is called the historical indian subcontinent uh, which was almost 50 lakh square kilometers the mughal empire at its peak in 1690 under aurangzeb was uh, 44 lakh square kilometers so i mean what about the other parts of indian history about of india what about the northeast and uh, all those other parts so that's the second part we have so much of history in the land that is so big uh, and is equal to the entire entirety of the rest of the world so um, so that's the second part and then the third part is that generally people find history very boring uh, for 99% of people political history what kings and queens how they lived and what they did where where they were dates is something that you read on your cbse or icse textbook and then you don't want to read it again and it's super boring so why not look at history through a different lens why not look at it through music or through art and uh, and now what we started through food so basically that is what malagbari is and um, you know um, we are at the tip of the iceberg in terms of the research that we've done and the dishes we've come out with abhi bahut aage jana hai bahut dishes hai jo hame nikalni hai and that is what basically we do at malagbari 
अभी जी तू कभी गया था माला अकबरी में वैसे फर्स्ट ऑफ ऑल तू मुझे नहीं लेके गया तो शेम ऑन यू Uh, so you know i it's definitely not a place where you want to be seen i on the other hand it's suitable to my social status to be seen there but no just kidding uh, but uh, you're hardly ever here and you only eat chicken uh, which is kind of very limiting you see so i have to uh, tailor it to that but i went to mala akbari for the first time 2 uh, 3 years back uh, was it No, I, yeah. So you you it, came last last time in March last year, and I then you came before that once in December in twenty twenty one. Yeah, and um, the thing was, uh, you know, uh, I'd been wanting to go there for a long time, but COVID hit basically, so uh, couldn't go. And then finally, one once the COVID restrictions started lifting up, there was a whole list of restaurants. And you know, uh, Baskar is a good friend. Baskar's family is a good friend of my friend Francesca. and uh, we decided we were going to go there and we enjoyed it so much the only issue is there's like too much food right hardly, you wanna... hardly eat anything yeah that, that's how i became like 108 kilos by hardly eating anything but uh, uh yeah uh, see he's he's such a good flatterer you know he, this is how they look after you at the restaurant are you aapne kuch khaya hi nahi aur khao aur fir aur khao aur fir aur khao And hundred eight uh, is nothing. I used to be a hundred and fifteen kilos at one time. Ha <laughs> ha! But see, he lost weight. Uh, but you know what really impressed me was the fact that they have dishes going back all the way to Mohenjo-daro. So in December twenty twenty one, when I first went there, there was uh, just about five six months back during COVID, I read a research paper that had come out that they did a spectral analysis of re- remnants in Harappan food pots. right and they had yeah. deciphered what uh, uh, those guys were eating yeah and baskar had reproduced exactly that that was the first dish that got served right yeah. and it was like you know it's it, it's almost like you know when you're walking where julius caesar was killed you you feel like you're touching that thing so when people are actually eating now we can't go to harappa mohenjodaro right so Imagine being in Delhi and actually eating something that was eaten in this country like five and a half thousand years back. So okay, so let's go. So this is perfect, Abhijit. You gave me the perfect segue. So Bhaskar, let's start here. So what was Harappan food, and what were the main ingredients of Harappan food, and how did you find out about it? So um, I think like the you know the thing about like. let's say you've talked about harappan food for example because uh, the indus valley civilization was one of the first uh, four major civil- river valley civilizations in the world right and um, as abhijit just said right now that um, you know he read the research paper about pots from rahi ghadi actually which were which is actually the largest harappan settlement in the world bigger than mohenjodaro harappa uh, harappa now um, and uh, the 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 whole thing about looking at the ingredients of Uh, what people in the harappan civilization actually prompted us to start this concept also what ingredients are native to the subcontinent it's amazing that when i found out from a lot of academic uh, research papers that um, that actually most uh, or many ingredients that are used in world cuisine today uh, are actually were first domesticated agriculturally in uh, the indus valley and the gangetic plain uh, 
almost you know four and a half five thousand years ago. So uh, of course everybody knows that India is a land of masala, land of spices, right? And I as I said, India is not a land of milk. But the amazing thing is that um, what we used to you know clean uh, to 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 harden our cricket bats, linseed oil or as as called alsi in Hindi, flaxseed oil, uh, was actually first grown in the Harappan civilization. Um, sesame was first grown in the Harappan civilization. Um, also, you know things like eggplant. Uh, which is begun or uh, uh, black pepper cinnamon uh, cardamom was all grown in not in the harappan civilization but in the subcontinent uh, you know about 5000 years ago so um, specifically talking about uh, the dish that abhijit ate at our restaurant uh, we have a dish called the manjal meen which is in tamil um, turmeric fish and why we call it turmeric fish uh, in tamil is because uh, according to you know historical research the harappan spoke proto dravidian uh, which is an ancestor language for all south indian languages um, and um, and and how we got and how like researchers got to that also was because uh, we don't and we haven't deciphered what the harappans wrote we don't know what their writing means but we do know that the mesopotamians called uh, meluha a land a massive land in the east which they traded with and one of the biggest uh, imports from meluha was um, illu or illu and illu today in tamil is um, sesame yell so so sesame is something that is native to india and uh, or to the indus valley and uh, that's why have you do you know uh, kushal can you tell me in hindi what do you call oil tel na oil ko to tel hi bolte na tel yaar because the first oil that was uh, used by indians was actually sesame oil uh, very different from the east asian sesame oil because it's not roasted it's called gingelly oil in south india also even today and uh, it was actually til that became tel in uh, in 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 vedic sanskrit and that's why we still call it tel uh, so sesame uh, or illa as the as the tamil the tamils call it today was actually uh, used uh, by the mesopotamians they didn't change the word and uh, and it's amazing to see that you know that 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 sesame came from india so the manjal mean is a dish that we have in we have got, we have actually it's it's not uh, we don't we don't have a direct source for it but from an archaeological pa- uh, a research paper from 1998 which uh, has found a skeleton in dholavira in gujarat today which uh, it sounds a bit cryptic and we, that's how we tell our guests as well so uh, in a person's teeth they found uh, the remnants of uh, what is called the indian sivas they found turmeric they found black pepper and um, that's what we have made the dish with so um, that is one of the amazing things that we found you know all all throughout our research that archaeology has really helped in in basically making our menu um so that along with a few like uh, primary sources that i'll show you later uh and and from these kind of things we have got our recipes so uh, we also tried one begun ka curry eggplant curry with uh, with uh, you know jaggery and with black pepper that was found uh, from a research paper there's a bbc article also on it but uh, it wasn't it wasn't that great because you know when we started a commercial business on food history and as i said you know like for 4500 years in the history of 5000 years there were no chilies potatoes tomatoes but you know we are a commercial entity so how do you make food for people who eat so many chilies today without chilies is tough so there was a lot of trial and error when we made our menu and there were many things that we took out also from our menu 
um, that we tried. But uh, in the future, we'll keep refining our dishes, and you'll find many dishes from the Indus Valley civilization, maybe even from Mehrgarh, which is a proto civilization before that uh, in Baluchistan today. Um, so yeah, things like that, uh, and even something like khajur or dates, which everybody thinks comes from the Middle East, was actually uh, archaeologically it has been found. It was first um, agriculturally domesticated for the first time in Nindovari, which is in Baluchistan today, in in what is now. Pakistan or historical, you know, Indian subcontinent. Got it. So Abhijit, what have you figured out about uh, the the IVC period? So uh, obviously, for people who don't know, IVC is divided into early, middle, and late Harappan. So all these uh, food samples, Abhijit, that we have found, are they late Harappan or early Harappan, like in terms of dating? Well, I don't know in terms of dating. uh what i do know is we've only got about what uh bhaskar three four dishes from harappan and pre harappan period that we in know in our menu right now sure. yeah yeah no so we don't know about any dishes actually to be very honest for sure because yeah. everything as i said has been archaeologically found let's say in a in a bowl like there was a bowl that they found in rachi right. ghadi where they found remnants of masalas in the bowl so yeah. like that's how like we've also like redone it in our menu uh but like you said like the fish dish that i mentioned or the the eggplant dish that i mentioned you're right there are three or four main dishes that you know we can let's say find uh to answer kushal's question uh, if i can if i can uh it will be mostly the middle to late harappan because that's when these cities were at their peak and uh, according to like historical population research um india was always the most populated country in the history of the world or the indian subcontinent at least and the indus valley civilization had a population of almost a million people and that according to me is i think a testament and i'm not showing off about being in indian or about the indian subcontinent because i take great pride in saying that you know uh, we were not a superior civilization to anyone in, in history but there's no doubt that our tropical climate that we have the humidity that we have allowed us to 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 harness such a civilization with such a massive population that we were at all times almost 40 to 50% of the world civilization in fact today we all complain about india having the biggest population in the world uh, but if you combine india pakistan sri lanka uh, bangladesh and afghanistan it's only 27 to 28% of the world's population it's actually the lowest period in civilized history of world civilization that the subcontinent has its population at only 28% and that's because europe's population has increased so much and our population was always so high pre industrial revolution because we could sustain it with the amount of you know like ingredients that naturally grow here without uh, you know things like uh, like you know with after what happened with the green revolution so that is something that is quite interesting to me but then abhijit tell me how uh, like then do you think for that time this cuisine was well developed the ivc cuisine in comparison to other civilizations that you have researched look it was different it was different i won't say it was well developed because remember when you're talking about development you're talking about new ingredients and techniques okay and you you look at for example uh, ancient egyptian food uh they would catch uh, ducks now they, they thought of everything as sacred right ibis was sacred uh 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 crows were sacred uh crocodiles were sacred hippos were sacred you know who the egyptians considered uh, diabolical demons ducks 
the poor innocent little duck was considered the representation of evil and so they ate it in copious quantities and they used to eat it by simply roasting it with honey they put honey on top of it and if you notice even today uh, you always eat duck in the west with something sweet right like orange juice sweet and tart because it's so fatty you need some kind of sweetness and tang to counter uh, the fat in it so you know the thing was in those days food used to be very very seasonal you couldn't really store things except cereals which uh, produce human civilization which is by grains the uh, all grains are basically grasses of some kind right it, it was grass that gave birth to human civilization in that sense uh, food is key to civilization basically but it was all local ingredients and things that were transported we still don't know if for example they were eaten so for example one of the big uh, you know we discussed this in the uh, um, uh, uh, harappa uh, thing that we did uh, 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 lapis lazuli and uh, tin were some of the things we exported to uh, mesopotamia right. uh, we also exported peacocks now peacocks yeah. were called jamusan now uh, Jamusan ultimately becomes, uh, you know, uh, I forget the new name. It's the Taus uh, Melek, uh, uh, the uh, yeah, uh, Yazidi yeah, for god. the Yazidis, for the Yazidi god, yeah. Yeah, and uh, we still don't know if it was exported as a pet or as an exotic meat, because remember, That's imported meats were extremely expensive, right? And isn't it surprising that the earliest usage of coriander and cumin that we know is from the Middle East? That's right. It came to India very early. Uh, and it, I mean, coriander and cumin don't exactly require too much cultivation to uh, um, uh, grow. They're very easy crops to grow. But they came from the Middle East. Uh, around 5,000, maybe, uh, Baskar, you tell me, there, there is cumin in some of the dishes, no? No. So, you're right no. uh, okay. about it. So, um, cumin, so coriander is native to uh, Anatolia or Greece and Greece. Uh, cumin apparently is uh, native to Persia, like Iran. So, like, mm. it, in the sense that who grew it first in Iran and in Anatolia, in Turkey, but who um, was it used in Indus Valley civilization food? Uh, archaeologically, they haven't found it. They haven't found really. anything. But yeah. uh, from the Vedic period and post that, they have found it. So 1000 BC. So imagine, imagine for all the lovers of Jira Alu. Because Jira Alu is the most commonly loved dish along with Tadka Dal in, in Dabas. Imagine yeah. Alu came from America and Jira came from Persia. On the other hand, citruses originated, citruses and gods originated in India. So, today, everyone says, oh, we have Valencia oranges from Spain, or Navel oranges from Spain. Can I ask you something? I'm sorry, I'm interrupting, but I have to ask you this right now, because you're talking about Valencia. What is the word for orange in Spanish? Naranja, Narangi. And what does that word come from? Narangi. Arangi, that's right. So you, yeah. you, the, 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 the origin of all citrus fruits, that is the Himalayan belt, as you're right. It, the word itself comes from the, the word Narangi is Narhana, and it's not even changed. Like the word hasn't even yeah. been changed all this time. Yeah, 
And Sorry, uh, imagine all the citrus fruits. I mean, citrus is such an important part of Mediterranean cuisine. Came from India. Most of the gods apparently came from India. Loki, Shoki, and things like that. That is why, you know, the shloka is Triambakam Yajamahe Sugandim Pushtivardhanam Murva Rukmi Pabandhanat Prithyor Mukshiyam Amritat. It bursts like a ripe cucumber. Right. So, you know, it, it, th those cucumber god families, a lot of them went from India to the West. Yep. Hmm. Uh, it's uh, it, it's it's quite, and that is why I found what Bhaskar had done really exciting. Because see, it's a game playing. It, it, it's literally it a like a video game. Yeah, right? it, it's it a, a food game. video. It, it's not a food video game. It's a food game okay. because you're seeing how Indian cooking progresses. Kya sab yeah. kab aaya? So in those harappa dishes, you do not have jeera. You do not have dhania. No. Bina jeera dhania ke kuch pakta hai. And you're tasting it and going, it's not terribly different to what we're eating now. Yeah. And yet at the same time, it's very different from what we're eating now. So there's a continuity and there's a great change. Yeah. Right. And the thing is, what's fascinating you find is, see, he also has dishes from the British Raj. Yeah. From the late Mughal Empire and from the early Mughal Empire. Now, see, yeah. the thing is, you read about a lot of this. But to have it all collated and cooked for you in one place, where you're literally living 5,000 years of history, it's fascinating going from Pele Bina Dhanya Jire Ka Bengan, then slowly 3,000 years back Dhanya Jira in the food, then more things in the food, and then more things in the food, and then more things in the food. Imagine Can before I... the chili came, we only used yeah. mustard and pepper for heat. That's right. And um, I mean, I'm sorry, I completely cut you off because I have to show you. No, 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 go, go, go. It's really, yeah. really interesting. And Kushal, I have to ask, and Abhijit, I have to ask you also. I see a lovely library behind you, Abhijit. But do you have the Park Darpan of Nal with you? Do you have the Arthashastra? Or do you have... Um, I have the Arthashastra. And do you have the... Okay, Mughal, but do you have the Nuskai Shah Jahan? Because no, I these don't books have are easily... These books are easily available on Amazon. You don't even have to get them. Like they're not like it's not like there's like some bookshop that you have to go and get it. So for all the viewers and I think all of us, I mean all of you, you have to get these books. So you 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 quoted a lovely Sanskrit shlok. So the Park Darpan of Nal uh, is a book uh, of if you everybody must have heard Nal and Diamanti's story, uh, hmm. you know from the Mahabharat and Diamanti. Uh, Bhaskar, you have to do respect to your Menon part. You're being too North right. Indian. We we always pronounce the A at the end. We don't say Nal. We say Nala and Damayanti. I agree. I agree. Because you know the A has that A has a line on top. No, so the Indian uh, vowels are always like uh, not a, uh, mm. not an. We are the only mm. people in the world, by the way, can, that can do a. Uh. Nobody else other than us can do a. Uh. No, no culture on earth can do a. Uh. So that is something that makes Indians really special. Um, but um, so you know, books like these. Uh, are amazing because I, I don't know if you know uh, Kushal, but this is actually just a recipe book. So this is a recipe book dated to 1500 years ago or let's say 1400 years ago. Uh, again, the dating of and the years and all are all like, you know, history kind of changes, research changes. So you can't say till when, but certainly it's older than 1000 years. 
and the ingredients in this book are what is called pre-columbian exchange or before christopher columbus discovered the americas i have this and i have i have one book that is the largest sap book written in the history of the world and it's just the same time when christopher columbus would have discovered the americas or vasco da gama came two years before in 1498 to india and it's a book called the nimat nama it's a book from the sultans of mandu so when you're looking at the history of india and if you look at let's say the islamic history of india people also again focus on the mughals too much there's a lot of other islamic sultanates that also existed in india the sultans of mandu were one and this is a completely it's a book on persian beginnings of hindustani um, and these are like today two hundred recipes over here that are what is called pre columbian exchange so indians mirchi ke bina bhi khana kha sakte hain there is food without chili and tomato and potato so aapne aloo jeera ki baat ki aloo to tha hi nahi aloo to मतलब मैक्सिमम खाने में 150 साल पहले आया है इट वाज द एंग्लो इंडियंस हु एक्चुअली स्टार्टेड यूजिंग पोस्ट कोलंबियन एक्सचेंज इंग्रेडिएंट्स फॉर द फर्स्ट टाइम लाइक अभिजीत सेड इट वाज द इट वाज एक्चुअली इट्स सो फनी बिकॉज़ व्हेन वी लुक एट द वेस्ट एंड लुक एट ब्रिटिश फूड एंड ऑल हमें हमेशा लगता है कितना ब्लैंड है ये वो बट उन्होंने एक्चुअली खाने में इस्तेमाल करना शुरू किया और अगर मैं आपको एक इंटरेस्टिंग पॉइंट दूं यू नो फ्रॉम अ लाइक अ लॉजिकल पॉइंट ऑफ व्यू और लाइक फ्रॉम एन इंटरेस्टिंग पॉइंट ऑफ व्यू लाइक हैव यू एवर नोटिस दैट ड्यूरिंग नवरात्रास which a lot of people in the north follow people stop eating aloo and ingredients like those and they focus on eating yams because for me the navratras are a signal of pre columbian exchange ingredients people revert to eating what was eaten in the pre columbian exchange so those nine days you stop eating things that came only 200 years ago basically they are foreign ingredients hmm. the makki ki roti that is so popular in punjab makki only came to india 500 years ago not even 500 500 years ago maybe 250 200 years ago so bahut sara khana tha india ki history mein and main ye keh sakta hu aapko aap logo ke i can say that you know that we were so lucky to be born in a land where there are so many spices and ingredients that were grown by us um, and basically we we could consume them at a much lesser expense than you know people did in the west and in china and everything and we had a great cuisine in always in history be it the mauryans or the satvahanas or the 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 karkotas in kashmir or the chalukyas in the uh, in in karnataka or the ahoms in assam so there were great empire, indian empires who had great cuisine the pals in bengal we don't know anything about the cuisine because we actually know very less about them anyway but um, what are, what were these people eating i mean they were massive population centers i don't know if you know but there's an interesting research done on the satvahana the romans were the one of the greatest civilizations in the world they they conquered territory from america england to let's say little bit when i think when hadrian was was the emperor till uh, till little bit of northern iran so they had a massive empire and everything but their population was still less than those of the satvahana empire at the same time so gautama putra satkarni had a had a bigger 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 population in in what is now rajasthan uh, not rajasthan but south sorry andhra pradesh and and everything uh, of whose now remnants are now in the british museum but that's fine um but what were the people at that time eating what were the what were i mean so so it's so interesting to see the history of food in india because itna zyada history hai itna zyada so many periods to look at so many like sources to find so yeah that's what i think makes indian food history so interesting so so i want to and, divide it into periods abhijit can you do that for me let's say harappan ke baad wala kaun sa period hai usme kya aata hai and then maybe tu bata mereko mughlo ke time pe kya hota hai aur then abhi angrez aur ye jo spanish log aaye usse kya hota hai let us divide it into periods abhijit theek hai first uh, baskar you go and see what comes after the harappan 
because i've so, forgotten it's a very it's a very controversial piece of history because what comes after harappan you know harappan civilization apparently finished in around 1700 bce right so between that and 1000 bce according to because most of our history that we know in india is of all what western you know scholars taught us and everything so those 700 years are always a little bit you know dark so what we could say is the rigveda was composed around the 1500 bce so we have a dish in our menu also from the rigveda called the madhu apupa and apupa and and apupa is a barley pancake that was mentioned in the rigveda that was made on a tawa uh, tawa kind of a instrument uh, tawa kind of a thing even the word even though the word tawa is turkish on a tawa kind of a uh, griddle uh, with ghee so uh, you could say vedic india comes next in the north and then in the south you have all the great tamil the great tamil sangam period starts uh in the northeast and in the east uh it's a collection of like kingdoms and you know tribes and everything basically that existed same in central india but for the most part of what we study in school uh we could say the tamil sangam period in the south and uh the vedic period in the north aur unka khana kya tha bahut sara so one of the defining factors of the vedic period as compared to the indus valley civilization and it's a it's 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 a bit weird actually also that apparently the indus valley civilization hardly consumed um, any barley so they they did grow it themselves uh, but george isko kehte hain they hardly consumed any of it it was actually the uh, in the vedic period when they consumed mostly barley and less of wheat whereas the indus valley consumed more of wheat and less of barley so jaw mm-hmm. uh, or barley was the main grain of the vedic civilization so all the people who want to eat barley now and get healthy and everything <laughs> we were already consuming the most barley in the world uh, you know about 1000 1200 years ago so uh, sorry 3200 years ago i am making a mistake 3200 years ago i mean to say 1000 bce mm-hmm. uh, so um, so basically that was very important ghee was also very important clarified butter and 3000 years ago a very important discovery was made by indians it could be said that you know uh, we basically gave that uh, type to diabetes type to diabetes to the world uh, because we actually discovered sugar for like indians discovered sugar we actually crystallized uh, the juice that came out of sugarcane juice around 3000 years ago and made it into what we call shakkara or as abhijit could pronounce correctly i'm not even going to i'm not even going to pronounce it with the with the with the with the with the with the little bit of a tamil twang to the shakkara <laughs> and um that's what basically became um, shakkar in farsi shakkar in turkish um you know zucchero in in italian sucre in french and then sugar in english so that's how the word evolves so we gave something to the world that was as important as namak or salt um and the rest of the world didn't even have it till the 1700s in fact it was in the 8th and 9th century when the arabians like started growing it for the first time sugar cane and they couldn't even grow it properly in fact the nile delta in egypt could not even make proper sugar cane juice so it was always much thicker whereas um you know in india we had the perfect climate for it so it's something so amazing that we gave sugar to the world and you know when people think about sweets we always think about wow cakes are amazing eclairs are amazing and what not western desserts are amazing but they didn't even have desserts till 500 years ago when alexander the great came to india um with megasthenes who came little bit uh, after him he writes a book called the indica and uh, in that he mentions that indians make honey without bees um 
like about you you would say 800 years later when hyun sang comes to india he says exactly the same thing so other civilizations couldn't even comprehend sugar it was like you know like they were mind blown with what sugar is and our ancestors made it so it's something that it doesn't make you know you don't think about so much but if you look at it from a historical perspective america's dominance in the world is because of sugar because they had those plantations they they could make railroads and because they could make railroads they made such massive cities which basically made america's economy huge so sugar is something that we gave to the world so america should thank us basically <laughs> sugar and cotton sugar cotton cotton is egyptian yep. sugar is indian hmm. yeah but cotton also was grown by the indus valley civilization for the first time <laughs> see and we are the original americans no 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 but i will say one thing that you know a lot of people say india in, in this originated in india and that originated in india but they don't talk about the main things that originated in india cotton in fact most civilizations in the world civilizations in the world except for india uh, make clothes from um, animal substances like you know sheep or cow and everything to, to cover themselves but indians were the first to use cotton to make clothes so and the indus valley civilizations also invented the button so that you have it we basically made the show wow yeah so that's something that's quite interesting and you know it's related to food they made cotton seed oil cotton seed oil in india is not used anymore in food you have to go to central asia to eat it now because it's got a very high burn rate um uh, but but yeah that's how that's what it is mm. so so abhi abhi ji so how do we go this way harappan cover so, kiya now uh, just one one caveat of... here uh, i will disagree with bhaskar on only one small thing i would not divide yeah. harappan and vedic separately there is overlap between late harappan middle harappan yeah, yeah that's what i'm vedic. saying that's what i'm saying yeah as so I, no no so it came off as if you were segregating vedic and harappan no, 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 i no, no, I, not, I don't saying, i don't no no i'm saying in terms of the like the research that we have i'm not segregating both at all in fact there's a massive overlap is the same people who who continued the vedic civilization so yeah. it's 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 it, they just moved east to the ganges Plane. that's all that happened so uh, because saraswati river dried up and there was like climate change and all that stuff got it, got it. so 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 basically i'm trying to so say the food the big... pattern changed a bit okay for Bola me the big for me the big change is you know how in the vedas there's a lot of roasting with ghee right animals are put on the sacrificial fire and they're roasted with ghee and eaten and they're only ghee yeah. based right there's no spices or anything like that they put on the ghee it's sacred the ghee is sacred they're roasted and this thing do you know ghee is the root of the word uh, christ so jesus real name is uh, yeshua bin yusuf jo uh, uh, G- jesus son of joseph the word jesus christ is greek uh, jesus christos christ uh, jesus the anointed Christos means anointed. The old Sanskrit word for ghee is grai, and what used to happen was that is what it stuck. So it, that is what the prayer used to stick to, and that is why you pour ghee into the fire because it burns and takes the prayer up into the skies. You also permeate it with uh, uh, magic incantations and things and put it gritasta, Christ, graeste, graeste. and which becomes christ ultimately that that's the root of the word jesus christ so the root of christ lies in ghee surprise surprise so this roasting pattern uh, by the time of the mahajanapada period you don't see much talk of roasting 
So when you're coming into Buddha, you, you'll find that there are a lot of Buddhist texts which don't talk about roasting at all. Whereas roasting is very, very important in the Vedas. Right? It's, it's, it's very sacred. Uh, uh, there's a certain this thing to it. But what happens is when the Turks come in, roasting comes back big time. Because most Turkish food like kebabs and things are roasted. So it's you can almost say that Turks kind of reinvented, reintroduced roasting as a cooking technique here. Because biryan technically means roast. Right. Now the thing is a biryani, what we call a biryani is not what the Iranians call a biryani. A biryani is a disgusting dish that is uh, 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 there in Esfahan. It is actually a roti. Okay, and yeah, what yeah. they do is they, they roast liver and other offal because liver is very rich in fat. It gives out its fat during the roasting process. Then it is mashed into a pancake and then a roti is put on it and that juice may wo, uh, roti be roast. Hota hai. Mm. Yeah. And that is a Persian biryani. Now, uh, the way we then adapt it in this country is very different. You put the meat at the bottom, allow it to roast. The rice is part cooked. The induction process, the, uh, sorry, the absorption process is done. But the steaming process is then done on top of the roasting rice. So, you know, it, it's during the steaming that a lot of the uh, volume is added to the rice. And that happens in the sort of aroma of the meat. And then finally, you mix the oils that have roasted out of the meat onto the thing, which I'm is so how it becomes on. a pill. Yeah. yeah, I know. It makes me hungry too. So, you know, it's, it's which is why the biryani is, as we know it, you go to Uzbekistan, you go to uh, 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 Persia or anything like that. They don't have anything in technical terms the way we do biryani. Yeah. Right. Uh, they do polo, which is cooking the rice in stock, which happened yeah. in India as well. So if you go to Bhaskar's restaurant, he'll serve you ondusor. Ondusor yeah, is this right. thing mentioned in Sangam literature, and it was basically rice and meat cooked together. It was rice right. cooked in uh, meat stock. Right. And he makes a particularly delicious version because he he doesn't use any usme koi ye tomato shamato nahi hai, and it is delicious. It's just got it's pepper, jeera. Huh. Uh, not even jeera. No, it's just pepper. No, it's got coriander, chili. Uh, sorry, coriander, black pepper, uh, 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 chicken, rice. And it's got ghee and onion. That's it. That's it. That's it. And it's so, delicious. So it's... it's. It, look, now, you know, it's it's kind of like this thing where if a country has meat and if a country grows rice... It doesn't take a foreigner to come and teach you how to cook meat and rice together, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. And and you yeah. know, and I'll just say one thing but, that we are the first ones who grew rice in the world. So how can biryani yeah. or or plov? So the word plav is mentioned in 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 the Yajnavalkya Smriti. Uh, the word plav is mentioned. So the the word pilaf or plov or whatever comes from the Sanskrit word word plav. I did not know that. I actually thought it was a Turkish Persian word that came into this. No, thing. it's a, it, so it could be. I'm, I'm not saying that. It, it's a changed word maybe that came back to us. But it is maybe. a word that's mentioned in Sanskrit literature before. Right. And so what happens is uh, it's, it's an introduction of techniques. Right. 
uh, which uh, then makes the biryani. But the Indian biryani is totally unique. Okay. Yeah. So, for example, if somebody says the Uzbeks brought or the Persians brought a biryani to India, Benchod, udhar chawal kisne bheja? We brought rice to them. Correct. So it's like, how does that work? So see, everything is quite unique out here. I think the only thing that you have in Indian cooking, which you can distinctively says comes after the Turkic invasions is the thing called dolma, which you have in yeah. Bengal. Grape leaves. Grape leaves. Yeah. But uh, that's because of the Armenians took it there. But that's because right. the Armenians so, took it there. The Armenian migration. Yeah, exactly. So it's the Armenian migration of Baghdadi Jews and Armenians who bring it to Kolkata and dolma, which yeah. is all stuffed vegetables, which becomes yeah. quite common in Bengali cooking. Correct. But I'll only say one thing, uh, Vijit, if I can interrupt you right now for two minutes. Uh, you were talking about uh, roasted meat and sunset literature. So there's a text that is not like 2,000, 3,000 years old. It's only 900 years old. It's a text, a text from the Chalukya Empire, the Chalukya dynasty. Um, in what is now Karnataka and Maharashtra. And it mentions in a text called the Mana Solas written by Someshwara III uh, in 1129, uh, a dish called the Bhaditrakam. So Bhaditra in Sanskrit is to roast and Bhaditrakam is actually roasted meat. So the word kebab, so no, that's the thing, you know, like it's like using the word uh, in Sanskrit, rice pudding is paish, right? But after like, like whatever, Turkic invasion, migration, whatever, the word became Kheer, right? But Payesh and Kheer are not different. Everybody in the every every culture in the world almost has some kind of a rice pudding. So kebab is something that we call roasted meat today, but or tikka, you know, is a word in Persian which means like pieces or boti or whatever. But the word bharitrakam was used before for roasted meat. So it's not like you know chicken tikka only it was invented. It was invented 70 years ago by Mr. Kundanlal Jaggi in Moti Mahal. But, uh, but, but kebabs or like roasted meat have existed in India like since time immemorial. Yeah. I have so a question here. We, we won't call it tikka from now on. All our viewers must take the pledge to only call it bharitrakam. Okay. Right. <laughs> I, I have a genuine confusion here then. confused or I want to simplify it further. So explain this uh, thing about meat. Like when we talk about meat, ye ek hota hai, semi-dry meat jo cook hota hai, jisme thoda bahut masala hota hai, ek hota hai, curry wala meat. Thik hai, jaysa butter chicken ho gaya. Aur ek hota hai, tumhara ye kebab form ka. To ye tino ki origin point kya hai? I, I genuinely am confused right now. The, the origin point, sorry, if you can say that again, of meat. So, so he's asking, he's meat. asking, there's, there's wet stews, there's dry masalas, and then there's totally dry tikkas. What's the origin point of each of these that we I think of? according see roasted meat is the first food that human beings pretty much ate according to research and history because when you killed an animal and you discovered fire, you would put it on top of the fire, the bacteria dies, it cooks, it becomes softer to eat, your teeth can also eat it, right? So roasted meat is an easy one. Uh, in terms of like cooking it with rice, I would say uh, like that's what you know, like the concept of biryani is not new that you have to mix rice and meat together. Mixing any kind of carbohydrate and protein plus fat is something that I think any everywhere in the world people were doing. Imagine in history, you don't have you don't have connection to electricity or gas, right? You have to cook with charcoal or something like that or on fire. So you have to feed your army who are maybe let's say 5,000 strong or 10,000 strong or with exaggerated sources, 2 lakh strong or whatever. 
so how do you feed such a big force with you know like you have to mix all these ingredients together and that's how the the own own soru that we serve at a restaurant for example in the in the pandian kingdom was made because you had to mix rice and meat together cook it for a certain amount of time and with limited amount of you know energy that could be used as fuel and that's how you could feed such a big force and also remember that like the food cannot be reused because there was no refrigeration so it had to be only that much that could be eaten at that time the third part about it gravies i think that like uh, i mean can i ask a question to you kushal uh, i mean and abhijit sure. as well can you think of any cuisine in the world except uh, let's say the subcontinent where people actually eat gravies यार मेरे तो आई एम द वर्स्ट पर्सन टू आस्क दिस क्वेश्चन एंड अभिजीत नोज व्हाई आई एम रेजिंग माय हैंड्स एंड सेइंग नहीं 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 फूड I think the only two cultures that are gravy rich uh, are probably Indian and Chinese. I get a lot of Chinese gravy dishes, uh, thickened with corn flour. I mean, you you know what I'm talking about, huh? But in China, in China but China. originally Chinese food is but, not gravy. Like uh, no, it there's there's actually there's a soups. lot of gravy. No, no, no. They have a lot of gravy dishes, right? Okay. okay. So there's a lot of gravies that I've had in China, especially in rural China. See, the thing is, there is cataloged uh, Chinese restaurant cuisine, which is much drier. But yeah. then, when you go to homes and uh, the rural areas, and the Aboriginal areas, and things like that in Yunnan and places like that, it's heavily gravy. You'll hardly get any dry dishes at home. Right, but can I just other places in India? Huh. Yeah, but can I say Abhijit that like you're right, Yunnan is, but Yunnan is close to Assam and you close to yeah. India, so yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an overlap yeah, yeah. Indian, like there, there's a Thai huge overlap. Yeah. There's a huge overlap, and this is the thing. So a gravy dish, other look, every cuisine has some kind of a gravy, but yeah. it it'll only be one or two gravy dishes, right? Yeah. Uh, not one or two, maybe ten, twelve. as opposed yeah. to say india where like there's literally hundreds of thousands of gravies correct so a and, so a wet food that you yeah. dunk your rice into is a very very right exactly exactly that's what i wanted to say so my point was that only i mean you know if you look at see the world is basically divided into bread eating or wheat eating population and rice eating populations right so india you could say is a rice eating population in the sense that we eat a lot of wheat but we also eat a lot of rice and um, historically our rice generally and the rice we are most famous for is obviously basmati rice but you have like say jira sambar rice and your so many rices in india that are also little bit starchy but because indian rices generally have less starch in them compared to let's say rices rice from east asia or from southeast asia Our food has to be wetter to mix with that rice because if you have starchy rice, the gravy will never penetrate the rice. But if you have less starchy rice, the gravy and the rice get the rice gets coated perfectly with the gravy, and that's why gravy dishes I feel are so popular in India because and also you have to remember that Indians are also lentil eating people. हमारे दाल के वजह से other cuisines eat vegetables and meat, but we also have a third category which is dal. 
so that also makes us eat a lot of you know gravy dishes so aur so har cheez pe dal jata hai so yani yeah, to abhi ji dal ka origin kya hai dal ka origin kya hai fir if you don't mind me asking that i have to say yeah. one thing i have to say one thing i'm so sorry i have to say one thing i have to say happy chinese new year i think it's the year of the rabbit or something that happened yesterday but do you know the most okay do you know the most famous uh, uh, chinese new year snack mooncake so that's mooncake and what does mooncake have in it uh... mung bean oh yeah right i forgot yeah mung bean so mung bean is mung dal mung dal mung dal is moong dal so we are the originators of moong dal the most famous lentil in the world uh, i'm sorry you ask abhijit the question but i have to say that masoor dal and chana dal are not native to india historically maybe i'm wrong on masoor but chana dal is not native to india it came from africa but moong dal is native to india i love moong dal myself personally and um, a lot of our dishes in our restaurant we use mostly moong dal only and moong dal is something that we gave to the world it's a big big contribution in the sense that a lot of cuisines use it ब्रिटिश कॉलोनाइज दस and when they colonized the suez canal british and french together when they beat the ottomans and they co- colonized the suez canal they took khichdi which is like khichdi but rice mixed with fish to uh, egypt uh, the egyptians basically mixed rice with uh, macaroni pasta like uh, sevia or like um, vermicelli tomato puree and that became kosheri their national dish and dal mm. of course and and dal but they don't use moong dal always baskar what about tur dal uh tur dal tuwar dal uh i have to check on that again i i don't want to give any wrong information but uh Because tur dal and tuwar meat tuwar dal is the most important yeah वैसे एक मैं बात बोलूं भास्कर ने मेरा दिल तोड़ दिया अभिजीत ऑफलाइन उसने बोला पनीर सिर्फ 500 साल पुराना है साला मेरा तो दिल ही टूट गया मतलब उससे भी कम उससे भी कम बिकॉज़ अच्छा उससे भी कम बिकॉज़ मतलब 400 साल मतलब आप कह लो बिकॉज़ द वर्ड पनीर is you know chana is also in 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 most vedic texts uh splitting milk is com- considered taboo you should not consider uh, you know split milk and it's a logical thing as well you know because why would um you have milk that is split that means that it's been there for only kharab ho gaya it's been there since kharab ho gaya matlab so chana is the only split milk you could say that is originally from india wo bengal mein khate hain and you know they have it in orissa as well so um I would say that uh, paneer. So in Farsi, paneer uh, is any kind of cheese. So two words in India, I think that we use that we don't know the origin of, and is interesting is um, sharab and paneer. So sharab means wine in Farsi, not all kinds of alcohol, uh, and paneer means all kind of cheese. But in India, uh, again, logically, if you look at the from a historical perspective. from a logical point of view maybe it was too hot and cottage cheese was the only cheese that could survive the heat and you know that did not go bad but if you go to iran or go to turkey their breakfast has like at least 20 kind of paneer so paneer is not historically indian it came to india with you know turkic people yeah okay. now abhijit i so, actually want to hand it over to you abhi tu hi kar jo tujhe karna hai abhi kyunki main confused ho gaya hu ye bahut uh, confused i just checked i just checked tur dal is actually native to india uh But Rajma came from the Americas, no, Bhaskar? 
yes kidney beans rajma uh, my favorite uh, i hate it but uh, what a black eyed peas uh, what lobia. Uh, lobia lobia they are all from yeah. the new world and i am half a malayali so my favorite i mean if for any malayali it would be considered like a massive sin to say it but kaju is also not indian i wish it was indian and and honestly like i can eat kaju in a curry itself i don't even add anything else. yeah 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 so uh, uh so what happens is uh imagine so much of what is considered staple today isne already tere ko bol diya ki chana hindustan ka nahi hai which means chole bhature is clearly not indian it's a foreign dish no no no, so no, no. i'm so sorry would... i'm so sorry no no i'm so sorry i meant chana dal but chana dal also could have been domestic in india i didn't uh, i made a mistake i but from when i went chana i meant uh, chole chole is, cho, i meant chana dal uh-huh. chole is uh-huh. chole apparently was domesticated in northern afghanistan for the first time so it could be indian subcontinent uh-huh. Ah, okay, but it's still foreign. You see, it's Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anybody who eats, uh, see anybody who believes in Hindu traditions, yeah, must not eat paneer. So They must not. Bolle bature khata hai, wo Taliban hi hai. Ah, see anybody who eats chole bature must be related to Mahmud Ghazni and Muhammad Ghori. There's another reason for oh, that. Bo- I'm sorry, I have to interview. I have to interrupt you again. There's another reason for that. The reason is the bature, not the chole. So bhature has an ingredient that puri does not have. It has. Can you blame it? Yeast. Uh, so uh, can, if I can ask you again a question, I'm sorry. I I, I am asking questions. But can you name a a bread in India? I mean, any roti or like anything that has yeast in it historically in India? Like you know, now you might say shirmal and magar khani and all, but breads oh, that oh. are let's say from a more Hindu, Jain, Buddhist kind of a past. Never, never. We 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 only use unleavened breads. Yeah, because maximum we use dahi is... to ha, maximum dahi is used. करेंगे उसमें, but yeast कभी भी नहीं. Because yes, because हमारा climate इतना uh, इतना suitable है for uh, uh, for for fermentation. हमें इस दाने की कभी जरूरत ही नहीं हुई. तो डोसा, चीला. Uh, हमारे सारे breads जो मतलब रोटियाँ जो हम खा सकते हैं without fermenting. is something that i think is fascinating i think you know it's one of the reasons we also have such a big population because things did not even go bad we could even use it the next day like if you kept like what is called kanji or kanji 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 in malayalam we call it kanji also so is rice water that can be used the next day so it becomes like a fermented drink that you have like what now people very fa- fancy people call kombucha and all those kind of things so they're good for digestion has not so, of... so this is the sad thing we bloody invented kombucha aur saale un logon ne leke they call it kombucha yeah. uh, japanese and they sell it bloody 300 rupees a bottle in delhi a exactly. kombucha company hai ha and this is thing you can do at home the only yeah. thing is kombucha uses a very specific kind of uh, 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 yeast in it but yeah it's it's actually so think about it you wouldn't have paneer till what the 15 1600s pretty much 1600 1600 1600 1600s mm. yeah you would not have uh, chilies you would never have tomatoes potatoes you would mostly eat arbi yeah. uh, raw banana yeah uh स्वीट पोटेटो था ना नहीं स्वीट पोटेटो भी उधर स्वीट पोटेटो आल्सो कम ऑल 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 कम्स फ्रॉम द कॉर्न वाज नॉट देयर स्वीट पोटेटो आल्सो कम्स या मक्की आल्सो वाज नॉट देयर कॉर्न वाज नॉट देयर बट व्हाट वी डिड हैव अदर थिंग्स लाइक यू सेड वी हैड यम्स वी हैड व्हाट इज कॉल्ड कंद कंद इन संस्कृत इज एनीथिंग दैट वाज ऑन द ग्राउंड सो कंद इज समथिंग दैट लाइक ऑनेस्टली लाइक वी आर सो अंडररेटेड नाउ एंड इट्स सो हेल्दी एंड आई थिंक पीपल शुड ईट मोर ऑफ इट एज़ वेल 
lot of tubers. Yeah. I have to say one thing. I'm sorry. I have to say one thing, Kushal. I have to ask you. What are you drinking in your cup? Kuch are you drinking chai? Pani piro. Pani piro. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to ask you because there's something interesting about chai and coffee that I wanted to mention. Uh, you know how old chai is in India's five thousand years of history, national drink of oh. India and whatnot. See, I don't know about that. I know the word origin of chai comes from the Mandarin cha. Basically, it's Chinese. That's all yeah, I know. That's right. So, in 1826, when the British, with the help of the Burmese, defeated the Ahoms, um, they thought that look, we and the opium was uh, happened a little bit later. We thought that look, we know we don't want these Chinese people to like you know monopolize tea. Monopolize so, let's tea. grow it ourselves. And mm-hmm. Assam and Darjeeling became their basis for growing tea, and that's how we we drink tea with milk. So. Okay, tea is like now. I think in twenty, in four years, uh, three years, it will become two hundred years old in India. You could say, but the most interesting thing is coffee. So Ethiopia, it comes from Ethiopia. Yes, Ethiopia also could be Oman or Yemen, but the uh-huh. interesting part is, uh, I would have to give this to the Mughals for this part is that um, the kava khanas were way older than the cafes of Italy, and although it's only four hundred years old. Espresso and cappuccino came way after our Indian coffee. So, Bada Baba Budangiri Hills in in Karnataka had coffee growing way before coffee was grown anywhere in Europe. Or I mean, Europe me to coffee abhi bhi nahi ukta in Brazil or let's say I mean Arabia had coffee yeah. first. So, mm-hmm. in the in the around the 1600s, um, the Ottomans had taken over. Uh, I think it was Suleiman the Magnificent when Ottomans had just taken over. Um, you know that area Mecca and Medina and you know uh, southern Saudi Arabia. So coffee at that time they wanted to monopolize because they thought you know that because for Western Europe um, and especially Islamic parts of the world they they could not have alcohol so coffee was something that they thought that basically gave them energy without basically getting drunk so uh, the the thing with coffee was that it was such an important part of history that nobody talks about but Baba Buda like so Baba there was a Baba. Uh, Baba Budangiri, he smuggled seven coffee beans uh, and got it to Karnataka, and uh, that's how coffee first grew in India and Chikmagalur and all those places. And uh, basically, coffee was so popular that in 1857, when the British destroyed Shahjanabad or Old Delhi, one of the things they destroyed was also the the kava khanas. So actually, most of North India and some of South India was actually a coffee drinking place, and then we became a tea drinking place. So this whole coffee culture coming back. And saying that wow, you know, we drink a lot of coffee now, and so fashionable. Our ancestors were already doing it before. And so remember, if you if you eat paneer, you are not Indian. If you eat rajma, you are not Indian. If you eat chana bhatura, you are a Talibani terrorist. You should go back to where you came from. There is no place for you in India. Uh, uh, if you eat uh, and the steamed variety is a particular abomination. Uh, there is also. Uh, 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 you know uh, uh, this thing. If you have naan or any leavened bread, you can't be an Indian. Uh, you must also the, not, uh, the word uh, naan not, itself is a Farsi word. Is a Farsi word for, pa- for bread. Yeah, yeah, for bread. Uh, so a lot of the uh, names, even roti, isn't an Indian word. Roti is no, also roti is. a foreign word. In fact, word. in fact, uh, in fact, uh, I have to be very boring on this. But uh, in Sanskrit, in Vedic Sanskrit, uh, 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 the word round is so English is an Indo-European language, so is Sanskrit. So the word round and roti have the same etymology in, in Indo-European, Proto-Indo-European, and the word oh. is for it means round. So roti is round. Um, everything that is round starts with a ra, and that's why Rams also comes from the word sun. Ra is the word the sea on the right. 
they are they are surya vanshis because surya is round so 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 ra is round and roti is round because of that so roti is 100% a sanskrit word an indian word right so only people eating roti that is to say chapati can be indians if you eat yeah. naan if you eat rumali roti if you eat uh, uh, khasta roti khaviri roti uh, uh, yeah, you cannot be indian yeah, yeah. it's not indian and <laughs> uh, uh, yeah you can't be and uh, uh, or kya tha uh, only people who eat moong dal and uh, tur dal and coffee and, drinkers and, and, can and, be indian no and also your aapke arbi and jimikan usko mat bolo these are our these are our vegetables uh-huh. also uh-huh. what about aapke nimbu and you should have nimbu every day nimbu so good for vitamin c it's yeah nimbu is indian uh, or santra is indian yes right so uh, so the thing is you should uh, uh, basically you should uh, eat uh, and nimbu is very good for you because of this thing but uske pehle ye hum kya bol rahe the nimbu ke pehle kisi cheez pe baat kar rahe the right he what is indian nahi 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 something very specific some food you were talking about paneer uh, you were talking about uh, vegetables nee. aloo or indian mirchi or indian nahi fir aur kuch tha anyway to bhutta ho gaya i have to say one more thing i have to say i have to say one more thing sorry kushal i have to say one more thing uh, abhijit had mentioned that you like chicken a lot right i also like chicken a lot but have you noticed that indians all like chicken a lot so yes the bird chicken the bird the bird which is your what is it called uh, it's called a guinea fowl actually is native to and so is the sugarcane actually native to papua new guinea or southeast asia but see the, it's native to there but it was domesticated in human civilizations by us so chicken was actually domesticated in the indus valley for the first time there is a fact that uh, bec- i mean if you notice one thing it's like amazing to notice but like christmas or most westerns like you know celebrations have a bird at the center they always celebrate with some kind of bird whereas in india for non vegetarian like you know population people like people who have celebrations they don't keep they they always prefer birds. goat or like that over a bird yeah. no they keep it in in india it's see it's all see history is all about it's always good it's always good yeah yeah, yeah. it's always good humans not humans always like what they don't get and they don't like what they have already so chicken was native to india it grows in tropical uh, uh, countries the modern chicken of course is a mix of the broiler uh, of, of the north american chicken that was found in the 1700s and the guinea fowl that existed before but uh, the thing is that uh, the chicken was domesticated in the subcontinent and in the in the roman empire uh, you know um, uh, uh, there's a there's a there's a mention by uh, uh, what is name not not plato uh, not plato it was uh, i have to remember the name i'll give you the name Uh, he says that the price of a chicken is equal to six cows. So that's how expensive chicken was. Uh, the import of chicken was to the Roman Empire. And so and mind you, the country, a... the country that is most most famous for its chicken, the Poulet de Bresse, France. Yeah. Uh, for the Druids, chickens were sacred. You could not yeah, kill yeah. a chicken. Okay, I have to say one more fact. And you're right about France. Once you know, you said France. I have to get to you on France also. That do you know why? Uh, so i have to ask you uh, abhijit please don't forget your facts and i'm being very rude and interrupting you always but i you are interesting me so much in these conversations um what is the word for chicken uh, for turkey sorry for the bird turkey in french i was going to come to that in in french it's uh, uh, something indian no yeah so it's deon d i n d e right and what is Deon. it's called i mean you i mean if you say it in english pronunciation it's dinde or something and the what is uh-huh. the pronunciation of of turkey what is the word for turkey in turkish 
like in turkey the what the country turkey what do they say what do they call turkey hendavi hendavi the indian no. so they call it hindi but they it's called it hindi, hindi hindi right it's straight hindi right Indians so also in turkey hindi. in turkey turkey is called indian but in india yeah. turkey is called turkish yes and Correct. what is indian called in persia hindi na Hind- hindwane Hind- yeah but yeah, i don't yeah. know which is the food that's called indian in persia hindwane uh, i know the, the word see i'll tell you one thing in arabic and in farsi the word for spices is an interesting word it's baharat nahi 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 isko pehle answer karo baharat baharat but baharat, uh, baharat. Uh, yeah. uh, but uh, what is the so the indian when you say the indian in fa- in iran you are yeah. referring to the watermelon the watermelon is yeah. called the indian it's not tarbooz or kharbooz or whatever they call it no no tarbooz is uh, uh, this thing uh, uh, the other musk melons melon. musk melon musk melon and see i think they do cantaloupe out there mostly you cantaloupe, get the green melon not the not the orange yellow yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so it's Sorry. interesting because you know the the guinea fowl that existed like in india before looked like the turkey it has this like hanging thing on its on its face i mean i'm being very bad with this scientific uh, way of describing birds so please i hope people it's called the coxcomb it's called the coxcomb that that's what it is so when people saw uh, when people saw uh, you know the turkey and they saw it they couldn't differentiate between both so when turkey came from north america after the 161700s when you know after the new world was found and came to the old world they found that uh, it looks so similar so it, it it they thought so the the word the chicken was actually called turkey or hindi originally or deon as i said and the word differentiated later so chicken became what we call chicken today and turkey became turkey later and that's why it went from india to see the trade routes were india to egypt to whether it was byzantium that became constantinople then became which became istanbul then venice and then it went all over europe to israel lisbon or london or whatever so i have a question uh, then in ivc i know this for a fact because i have studied the archaeological uh, remains of ivc in detail we have tandoors yeah. in ivc mm. what yes. were they cooking in that very con- i am i am also very honestly i am researching about that at the moment i am a bit uh, confused See, again kushal you have to think about it like this that you know to cook food you are, i mean do it do it from logical point of view you are, let's say you are, like you know they say man man is made by man or you know man man only becomes man amongst man but even a even someone with little bit of intelligence and he knows how to you know or she know how to make fire you would obviously cook food in a in a in a in a kind of a thing that is covered from three sides right so any kind of oven which you put in the ground becomes a tandoor in a way if it's uh, what is a tandoor a baked um, uh, a mud uh, oven in the ground right whether you fired with fire uh, wood or with charcoal or whatever so the word tandoor according to archaeological history originated in india at the same time it originated in mesopotamia at the same time it also originated in china and in europe uh, it is that some cultures use it more than others in central asia you can't cook maybe on an open fire because it's cold so in some parts of the world you just couldn't cook without a tandoor you had to cook in a place that was insulated it had to be covered you had to cook in under the ground because there's too much of dust or But too much Bhaskar, of cold or whatever uh, i have to come here the design of the tandoor and i have seen those images and i have seen some of the tandoors exactly the, the same exactly the same exactly the same they are literally yeah, yeah. what we use today literally yeah, of course 
But the word okay. tanur itself comes from the Mesopotamian, Akkadian, or Sumerian word tanur. So tanur becomes the word tanur that we find with a lot of like it goes into other Semitic languages and Arabic and everything, Hebrew, everything, and then that's how you get the word tanur today. So did the word tanur come from the Indus Valley civilization, like the word itself? No, but the contraption of cooking something like that. I would say most most civilizations in the world. Whether it's the Olmec in the in in South America or the you know let's say the Maya or the Incas also in in Americas, they also had something similar to a tandoor. So we can lay claim to cooking things in a tandoor today more, but most people were also using the tandoor. You could say. So you know this guy who came up with this ancient civilization documentary Netflix. What was it called? The kind of no, semi pseudo historian who comes on. No, no, no. Kushal, तेरे को पता होगा ना? Grab Hancock. Graham Hancock. Uh, he came up on this uh-huh. thing where he claims, where he claims uh, everything is from an ancient civilization because it all looks pyramidal. Now you know yeah, the yeah. best comeback to that is that you know ants build colonies that look exactly the same everywhere across the globe. Was there a proto ant civilization that taught them to build like that? Clearly not. not. No. So yeah. inventions can. completely happen organically anywhere and you look at the shape of the tandoor it's very hard to say where it originated because you're taking a fire yeah. you're essentially containing it in something trying to cook things inside of it which is yeah. actually a very natural thing to do because if you look at it jo hum chula istemal karte the villages mein it is a shortened tandoor yeah. tandoor mein uh, 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 you elongated it and you cook inside the clay uh, yeah. a chula is a shortened tandoor where you cook on top of the clay correct right so it wasn't that much of an innovation like a lot of people could have innovated it for me you know the the most interesting th- uh, tandoor that i ever saw looks like a tandoor at least was in a place called uh, uh 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 tulum in mexico and yeah, tulum yeah. is very famous even within mexico for its food and this particular it looked exactly like a tandoor was sometime yeah. around the 1300s and there was no way it yeah, could yeah. have gotten Aztecs. there uh no uh, maya maya uh mexico so, maya right i'm sorry yeah, right huh. maya yeah. Southern, southern Mexico, no, uh, central yeah, yeah. Mexico would be Aztec, but thirteen uh, hundreds. Yeah. Me, if they had a tandoor, uh, it could have only come there fifteen thousand years before when the uh, crossing over from uh, Siberia to the Americas took place, right? 15, so either tandoor predates it, yeah, 
or it's just simultaneous invention all over can i say something also one i'm sorry once before you say something we should have to say one last point about mexico and india i also think that you know like similarities in food like coincidentally happen also because of latitude so yes look at the roti that we have and a tortilla that they have tortilla was not something that the spanish gave the mexicans they had it already with them uh they have something called um, what is that dish abhijit uh, uh, with um, with with chocolate they put chocolate they have like a curry kind of a thing so they have mole, also mole 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 so they mexicans have like their salsa is the same very similar to our you know chutney so they have they had and have very similar food to india and one of the most interesting things is even though chilies tomatoes come from mexico and we use them so much in our food today lemons and imli which hardly imli is hardly used in indian food today in some parts of india not even everywhere mexicans use it massively so it's amazing that even after the colombian exchange ingredients that were native to both places are used simultaneously in both places also a lot so it's not only that historically we had similar cuisines even today we have similar cuisines even yeah. after globalization and, you know, and whatnot and, and you know there's a whole set of uh, the first wave of indian migrants to the U- to the us where these uh, sardis and punjabis who went and settled in northern california and they intermarried yeah. with mexicans correct 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 because correct. They, they look the same also they used to have they used to have roti their favorite spices were dhania right, 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 and right, right, jeera i read about this also they used yeah, to yeah. sprinkle hara dhania on everything they used to sprinkle nimbu on everything cilantro yeah cilantro uh and things like that right so it it was a very very rajma sab rajma khate rajma of course came from there but this whole rajma imagine rajma is staple in mexico rajma is staple in punjab roti is staple in mexico roti is staple in punjab ha makke makke ki roti right uh this uh this whole thing of uh, ch- har cheez ke sath chutney chahiye punjab and here har cheez ke sath tumko uh, uh धनिया जीरा इज योर मेन स्पाइस रियली राइट वो इधर भी होता है उधर भी होता है राइट सो इट इट्स देर इज अमाउंट ऑफ कॉमनिटी बिटवीन मेक्सिको एंड पंजाब and and okay. mr kt achaya you must read this book it's called uh, like it's indian food like the history of indian food he even mentions i mean but like he is not alive anymore he, he passed away in 1997 but like he writes that uh, sorry 2002 but he writes about uh, that that there the tamil text uh, found in in mexico but then that's not that's not <laughs> that we won't go to that because that that's a part of history that is controversial okay so now let me take a live viewer ke questions so we'll start with the first one what is the origin of thali culture in india uh you know i according to me i think that like uh, in most parts of india whether you go into the northeast i think that's what kind of like you know makes all in parts of india similar that we always tend to have a balance in our cuisine so there has to be carbohydrate fat uh, protein in all our food so lentils were protein uh, rice was you know carbohydrate then you had some vegetables for fiber and for vitamins and nutrients so indians also historically somehow did their macronutrients very well and we always had a great combination of uh, everything so the thali culture came out of basically a, a thing of diverse range of meals uh, diverse range of dishes on your plate which the indian civilizations in the past could sust- uh, could do whereas in europe you could only have bread and meat you could not make something every day that that and, you know you couldn't make very dishes at the same time Yeah, which yeah. was very expensive most people yeah. 90% of the population used to have something called pottage which is in pottage modern is french like... it's called potage it's called potage which is the french for soup and yeah. what it was first of all remember 
uh, in India, you get a different variety of fertilizers. You take any biomass and leave it out. It will decompose yeah, yeah. and become fertilizer. In Europe, yeah, yeah. in the cold weather, making fertilizer is very difficult. So it was human yeah. feces that was used in fields. This is why, you know, the nobility never ate vegetables in Europe. Because they didn't yeah. want something that had been, uh, 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 you know, grown in human feces, so to say. Which is why they only yeah. focused exclusively on meat. But what used to happen was, because you used human feces, yeah, and you I'm, had to I'm cook sorry. it for a very long time. One second, yeah. Baskar. You had to cook it for a very long time to sterilize yeah. it. So what they do is they could take as many vegetables as they could, put it into a pot, and it'll just be, and there would only be one fire per house. Because remember, fire was a luxury. Right. Huh? Wood was a luxury. So you'd cook it, and it became called pottage. You still have that word in Shakespeare. So, uh, uh, you know, in a lot of the plays, he'll say, hand me a bowl of pottage. Even up to Shakespeare's time, the it was just that one meal, which was pottage, cooked over a few hours. That's right. And and I also think that like I'm sorry I interrupted you again earlier, but uh, I also think that like you know like the, like you talked about vegetables being like meat being a luxury, but very honestly vegetables are also a luxury in Europe in most places. I mean hmm. because of the weather that they have, and and that's why you see it in China. Although that's one point that I would like to talk about also, Gushal later is about vegetarianism in India. Um, that that although they eat a lot of meat, they also have a lot of vegetables. So tropical regions in the world allowed you to grow vegetables that other places could not. And that's why you could make a thali with so many variety of dishes. Because I think what like the West has is a lot of meat, but you can only go so far with meat. With spices and vegetables, you can there's a, the, the 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 permutation and combination of the dishes that you can create is is unlimited. And that's what basically, and then Indians also use a lot of milk products. So throw that into the mix and you have like a million dishes that you can come up with at, at any given point of time. So that is something that I think was the origin of our thali. Although eating one in metal, uh, like, like katoris did not happen everywhere in India or like in bronze or brass. It happened in certain parts of India. Obviously we used to eat in leaves and, you know, in different kind of um, things to eat in. So that is the only thing I would say is not, is something that could change when you went throughout India. Okay, Ab Abhijit, uh, what was the travel food that people carried with them in historical time? I, I guess this question ka arth hai, Abhijit, ki, aap ja rahe ho, so you need to take something that is non-perishable. So, what was that if Indians travel? So, a lot, a, a, a lot of it. So, this is, you know, this is very curious, you'll see. In Tambram food, because the Brahmins had to travel a lot from court to court and king to king and this and that. A lot of it used to be dry food. You know, powders and things which you could transport with you, just add to water and cook it very quickly. Right. Or fermented foods which you could grind on the go, which would not get uh, uh, rotten overnight. So, you know, aaj ko tum idli banate the. in your bullock cart, it will be traveling with you. It will ferment overnight. You'll cook it the next morning kind of thing. Right. Uh, a lot of powders uh, and you'll find this pattern uh, also in Buddhist monks in China. Yeah. Right. A, lo a lot of Buddhist monk food in China is very, very dry food, which the monks, because they traveled so much from king to king and court to court and things like that. Because everybody, remember, nobody had a Sunday off. A farmer has to work seven days a week. Right. Th this concept of having a day off didn't exist. 
Yeah. So the only people who could really travel were uh, priests, Brahmins, monks, etc., etc., and they develops this whole sort of dry food thing, which is why even today a lot of uh, uh, one of the markers, at least in Tambram food, between Brahminical and non-Brahminical food is non-Brahmin food will be much more stew-heavy, which is to say curry and gravy-heavy, whereas Brahmin food will be overwhelmingly dry. There will only be one or two gravy dishes, sambar, rasam. Vetokorumbu. That even Vetokorumbu is technically, you know, Vetokorumbu can technically last you a long time. A long time. Vetokorumbu is an imli curry. You cook yeah. it in an earthenware pot, and the proper Vetokorumbu is just heat up gingerly oil. You fry urad dal. Well, first mustard seed crackle karo, curry leaf crackle karo, urad dal chana dal. You roast it, and then yeah. you make a sambar powder, which is also. Overwhelmingly, about seventy percent of any sambar powder is dal's. Yeah. So you 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 then add dal powder spice, roast it, and then you add imli to it. Right now, the imli is a preservative, so you could actually thicken it up, and it would travel with you really well. You just whenever you wanted, you remove it, dilute it in a bit of water, cook rice fresh, and have it. There's a lot of dry foods which we know for a fact were used for travel. Okay. I mean, so Bhaskar, we have yeah. to take many questions. Yeah, so and and, and of course, one. in the north, you'd also have in the north, you'd have a lot of the samosa, kachori kind of thing. At least the things, the kasta stuff. You know, they use this term in like UP Lucknow kasta, which is dry, cr crunchy stuff. Like, Why was it dry? Crunchy? You remove the moisture. Yeah, or achar. Achar was invented for travel. Upper. Right, because you have you have to remove moisture in order to preserve yeah. it because. Uh, things rot in the presence of moisture. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So, Bhaskar, you can take this one. Why did Indian cuisines not adopt baking as a cooking technique? We hundred percent did. I mean, the word. Uh, I mean, we don't bake. See, the word. See, baking again. Like you, you, you asked me a question earlier. Isn't cooking? I mean, roasting meat is one, and baking while covering is another. So you can also bake in a tandoor. Uh, so in 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 Vedic Sanskrit, a baker is called an apuparik, and what he bakes is an apupa, which is what we call the malpua uh, today in in most of India. So according to me, why uh, it was not uh, you know like used as much is because we didn't have the uh, problem of heat escaping into the air, and 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 a lack of firewood, for example. So we didn't need to only bake to make our food because in Europe and other places they had to only bake because if they they couldn't cook in open in in the open sky the the, the fire would go or it would not be hot enough to cook the food you need to have your temperature going above at least eighty to hundred degrees Celsius for your food to cook for the fibers and the water to go out from the from from let's say a meat or a vegetable and the uh, fibers to kind of get softened. So in India we had the luxury of it being a little bit warm, so we could cook in in in, in an open sky, in, in in let's say in a jungle or in in a, in, a, in an urban area or whatever. So we never needed uh, uh, baking as a as a cooking technique. It was always an extra that we could use, and that's why it's only <coughs> when Turkic people came to India or when Arabs came to India that baking was used because they got their cooking technique with them, or when the Europeans came. But before that, we didn't have to use it. Although, as I said, the apuparik in Vedic Sanskrit means a baker, so we added, but we didn't have to use it. That was our luxury. Yeah, so basically that was not something that the masses consumed. Okay, Abhijit, this is a little long question and observation question, Abhijit. 
So mm. this person has asked, what about the role of alcohol in Indian cuisine? We did have a rich history of desi alcohol in several regions, and we still have those, albeit people call it moonshine and is brewed illegally mostly. And did we have a history of making cheese? No, not cheese. Like Bhaskar said, the splitting, uh, splitting of milk was considered kharab ho gaya. So there was a generally a societal taboo against splitting, right? So, uh, so even daru, but daru to manate the na? No, no, da, daru. No, no. Fermentation is Indian, boss. Because remember, ah, kanji is fermented. Idli dosa is fermented. Okay. We had a great history of fermentation. The problem is, like you know, we actually have letters from from Bindusara to the Greek ambassador in his court saying, "Mereko uh, grapes or daru. I want wine from uh, Egypt." It was sent to Antiochus in uh, Greece and the Seleucid emperor in Persia saying, "Mereko daru bejo, uh, not daru, wine specifically." He wanted wine from those places. And remember, wine in those days used to be very sweet. This uh, dry wines that we drink today is not what wines were like. Wines were heavily sweetened in those days. Okay, uh, So there, and even till very recently, you know, the, two of the great liquors of Rajasthan, uh, one was called uh, Kesari and one was called Asha. Kesari was fermented with. Uh, 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 they were both grain based fundamentally, but Kesari had lots of saffron added to it. Hence, Kesari, uh, and Asha had partridges and pigeon blood thrown in. Now I don't know how the hell that tastes, but uh, yeah. So Asha was one of the rare liquors. They uh, they were only made by royal families, and they got banned. You know when the alcohol ban came in during Indira Gandhi's time, I just think it was during emergency. Whatever could happen was kind of cut down. But you still get these rose liquors and things like that in uh, uh, Rajasthan. I think it's called something called uh, what, uh, Mister um, Mah Maharani Mester or something like that, which actually has a history going back about a few hundred years, as far as we can tell. But they did; they had more liqueurs, and uh, in the northeast, of course, they have rice. Homebrew uh, stuff like you leave yeah. the rice overnight and become a rice beer, uh, but yeah, we did have an alcohol culture, uh, but I don't think alcohol culture was ever as big as it was in colder areas like Europe because primarily there they needed to keep warm. So in Russia, for example, during business meetings, anywhere you go in winter, this doesn't happen in summer, but in winter. Uh, you know, you enter the lobby, you remove your coat and all your outerwear and your hat and everything. There's always somebody standing there with a shot glass of vodka. You always have a shot glass of vodka. Then you go up to your meeting. When you're leaving, you're again served a shot glass of vodka. And it used to happen in Norway. It used to happen in Finland. See, Norway and Finland, what happened was there was a, a cultural shift against alcohol uh, uh, at workplaces, which is modern. There was also a cultural ban on alcohol uh, during certain uh, times of the year, Lent and things like that. But uh, in particularly cold places, you had to have alcohol to keep yourself warm. If um, okay. I can say one thing, 
just sure. for a minute, I'll just take only one minute to speak on it. So, alcohol in India is uh, very controversial. At the same time, it's very interesting. So, as um, Abhijit said, fermentation is something that we use so much in India earlier. And what is alcohol is basically fermenting glucose into ethanol. And um, this book that I have in front of me, it's one of India's. I would say I'm super proud of it. The Arthashastra written by Kautilya or Chanakya. And it would date to about 270 BCE, if I'm not wrong. And on mm-hmm. page 762 of the appendix, I mean, <coughs> anybody can get it on off, off Amazon. Um, the historical... Uh, just to know, this is, he's talking about the penguin version. This is the penguin. penguin uh, version. Uh, yeah, so the historical uh, accuracy can be questioned. I'm not uh, saying no, but it has recipes of liquor made. So Penguin um, version, translation of Rangarajan. <laughs> So one of the mistakes people make when they look at history of alcohol in India, they call alcohol somras. The mistake is that som was actually hallucinogen. They think it's uh, ephedrine with, with, with maybe cannabis and other things. Sura was alcohol in the, in the Vedas. So Sura is always taboo. It's looked down upon. And in, in Sanskrit, alcohol is Sura. It's a cognate of the Avestan word, um, also Sura which becomes Shiraz. It's a city in Iran that grows, used to grow a lot of wine. In fact, Iran was the largest producer of wine till a thousand years ago. And now after they banned alcohol after 1979 in Iran, Shiraz is now grown in Australia only. You, I mean, so, so basically, um, alcohol is a long history in India. Jahangir, who was, an, was the Islamic emperor of the Mughal empire, was a massive alcoholic. He basically for him, Sir Thomas Rowe, the ambassador who came from Queen Elizabeth I's court, got wine and beer, uh, wine and scotch just for him specially. So alcohol is something that has been always part of Indian history. And we, we drank a lot of it. Taboo in some parts of India, but we have a lot of native varieties. The only alcohol I would say that is really famous in India, but is not Indian is any in the sense that it's made from cashew nuts, but cashew nuts were not there in India until 300 years ago. So, so to add one interesting in, parallel to this, one second, uh, one second. There's an interesting parallel to this. You know, in Saudi Arabia, uh, the hallucinogens went banned. Alcohol is banned. Which kind of yep. mirrors what Bhaskar just said. That, you know, Somras was considered good and holy. But yeah. uh, alcohol was lesser mortals drink. Maybe it was the hangover. Maybe it was the hangover. That's thing. why. Not really the damn thing. Maybe it was the hangover. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, so a mead... Kya final conclusion hai? India ne ki China ne ki dono ne ki. Yeah, madhu, is madhu. 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 Indian na. Fermentation of honey is into meat. alcohol. So, so, so meat is fermented honey's meat. And that is madhu. So you know again see the uh, notice this thing of evil in some fermentation in alcohol fermentation. That is why Krishna's name is Madhusudhana. The killer of intoxication. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So Harsh yeah, Madhusudan say bolo. See, Haan, Harsh Madhusudan should not be drinking alcohol. Usko bol dena zarur. Okay. Harsh ko main milne wala hu ye hafte mein usko bolunga. Acha to abhi again what what have been the most influential factors in uh, the Indian cuisine in the last 100 years and did tadka originate in India? Yeah, tempering is 100%. Uh, I'm sorry. I think Abhijit has. No, no, no. You go. Okay, so tempering is 100% uh, Indian. Putting a chalk on in the Ramayana also, it's mentioned that you know uh, that um, that like a pot of curry is, is is tempered by Sita in the Dandakarnaya forest um, for Ram, and um, 
so so tempering is 100% indian uh, what was used for te- obviously there were no chili so they would use mustard seeds because mustard is also native to the sub- indus valley civilization um so uh, 100% yes uh, the second part of the question was बेसिकली तड़का इंडियन है कि नहीं वो पूछ रहे थे yes early 1960s like 1960s and um, then before that you could say that uh, it was basically like the europeans who basically influenced our cuisine by getting ingredients to us and cooking techniques like again in kerala like the stew is uh, is a or the mean moili which are like really famous dishes of kerala mean moili is not originally malayali it, it originates from uh, the europe the british way of cooking so it so that's something that's Except also quite that- interesting that europeans they used to make a white sauce and add it to the stew and you know yeah, yeah, like yeah. why the hell do you want to add white sauce uh, nariyal ka doodh hai so we'll make something similar to what you like and call it the yeah. ishtu right ishtu. and that's it's called it. ishtu it's is. not called ha so ye so, karte yeah. the but just to add there's only one culture other than india that does tadka and it's not a case of that culture giving it to us it's actually us giving to them and that's turkish food Turkish yeah, yeah. food uses a lot of tadka they use it very differently Butter. but they're the only other cuisine that uses tadka tempering that's right they're the only one who temper temper their food got it okay so let's take one more there are few so acha koi junk food or fast food to hota nahi tha na harappan times mein nahi pata ek ek kisi ne mujhe kabhi pucha tha ek bar ki ki kya log history mein healthy khana khate the kam oil ke sath matlab just think about it in history it was all about getting as much as you can you know like literally like now people want to be thin in history they wanted to be actually fat because being fat was a sign of being rich so mm-hmm. like you know now you talk about the one percenters who rule the world and what not but in the in history it was yeah, 0.00001% who ruled the world they were the only ones who even got little bit to eat even they lived till about 60 and died only so in history it was very difficult to find you know good quality food that you could like basically eat so people wanted to eat food with as much oil as they could because processing oil is so expensive even today imagine how expensive it was in history so it wasn't called junk food it was, i mean parathas are not junk food right they are historical dishes right so i mean a puri is not junk food it's it it the the, the, the purika is mentioned in the manasolas it's also mentioned before that so um the the vadaka is mentioned before that so fried food has always been there and people were, were proud of eating fried food over there because it really showed that you had the money to like you know like basically have right un dinon mein jinke paas paisa kam hota tha halwai ke paas nahi jaate the inka bahut zyada paisa hota tha wo halwai ke paas jaate the correct 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 ha ha aajkal paise wale five star jaate hain aur tatti khana khate hain five star mein koi bhi khana khane ke layak nahi hai hindustan mein okay if you are a true connoisseur you will still go to a halwai to eat Hmm. I, okay. I, I, I agree 
Okay, so uh, Abhijit, this I think I'll ask you uh, anything on the use of hing in southern India. This uh, see, I know for a fact we used it for a very very long time uh, because it's native to the greater India, Akhand Bharat, if you want to call it that. Afghanistan, uh, Afghanistan, basically. But they've also found traces of it in Balochistan, in northern Balochistan. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So uh, yeah, it is native to Afghanistan and Uzbekistan, basically. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, we didn't have to wait for. Uh, 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 uh alexander's army to come give it to us like some historians have said in uh, what was it bbc or cnn or something like that uh because remember in those days afghanistan was a part it was actually one of the cores of our civilization right uh, uh you you have a harappan settlement all the way in shortugai which is near the uzbek border of afghanistan hai na to isme quiet shoo uh नो सॉरी हाँ एंड उसमें क्या होता था टू दिस डे प्याज लसन गंदा है टमाटर ऑन अ रिलीजियस ओकेजन टमाटर आलू नहीं पकेगा पर हींग जरूर डलेगा सो यू नो भास्कर मेड दिस इंपॉर्टेंट पॉइंट दैट ऑल प्री कलम्बियन फूड इज क्लासिफाइड एज I I I want to say kosher, but it's not kosher. But pre-Columbian food oh, is Hindu kosher. Is, is, yeah, yeah. Correct, correct. So uh, pre-Columbian food is Hindu kosher. Post-Columbian food is uh, Hindu taboo. Is post uh, Hindu haram. Yeah. Okay. Next next question. Uh, uh, when do you think animal pickles became became a thing in our country? I think like always, right? I mean. any any kind of like preserved food has always been there because you want to preserve your food as long as possible the interesting thing is that vinegar was discovered only alcohol was discovered because to make vinegar you need to have alcohol so basically you can't pickle something you see there are many ways of pickling of course salt is the is a very very good way of pickling as well and in india we use salt a lot to pickle along with oil so animal pickles have been there the same amount of time that vegetable pickles have been there so pickle in itself pickling in itself was something i mean somebody asked a question about people like carrying food like when they were like they were moving around so you had to pickle your food otherwise you couldn't it wouldn't go past one day but it's amazing that even today if you pickle your food no amount of refrigeration can beat something that's pickled i mean you can keep it in the sun in the heat and it won't have fungus or something growing on it because that's what oil and salt does they take the water out if there's no water there's no bacteria and if there's no bacteria you don't get fungus that means the food doesn't rot if it doesn't rot you can eat it so animal pickle animal meat or vegetables can be pickled and they can remain literally forever and this okay. is also what, what, of course why ghee one of the reasons why ghee and honey are seen to have medicinal properties is they can last indefinitely yeah yeah in honey fact, can in fact 100 year 100 100 year old ghee is considered medicinal doesn't go rancid yeah it doesn't, yeah, it go, doesn't rancid. go rancid okay one last question uske baad mere ko ek question puchna hai aur fir we'll wrap it up so is horse gram or what is called kutti rai kiram in tamil ulavalu uh, in telugu or whatever i, I think yeah. i think horse gram is kullu kullu jo bhi hai yaar mujhe nahi malum wo indian hai uh it's a it's something that i'll also have to research again once i think i think to... horse gram acha baskar agle baar ke liye you have homework Ho, uh, yeah. horse gram 
jowar bajra all the so called inferior grains no, no, no. i want you to jowar bajra no uh, so the, again now if you come out to millets i would say uh, fox tail millet is not indian um uh, but some millets are 100 finger millet is indian it's domesticated in the indus valley civilization so the hindi word i have to get again but bajra is not uh, usually from india i think jowar i have to check again um is from india or not but uh, the finger millet in hindi i'll get the name next time is is native to the subcontinent or kalachana kalachana is native not to the subcontinent it's native to i think no like iran and afghanistan okay acha mera ek last question ye samosa kahan se aaya samosa is also uh, according to historical Very research it was question. originally from morocco um, in the uh, in the in the in the 7th and 8th century it's mentioned for the first time uh, in uh, it means three right in in in, in old semitic languages uh, uh, for the triangular shape and it was um, sambusak sambusak uh, in mentioned in the iranian text 1000 years ago exactly in 1000 ad or something and it's mentioned in 1336 in ibn batuta's writing in in uh, muhammad bin tughlaq's court so they ate samosa as a second or third course after biryan a biryani kebab so it was like a like a like a starter or something like that also eaten after logically, that logically sometimes logically if you look at it pie dishes would originate in cold regions so even if it came yeah, from morocco it would come from the high atlas mountains where it gets bitterly cold in winters we have actually seen them make these kind of pies of course they make it with brick which is a different kind of a, a, a pastry a, a different kind of dough uh, but uh, you do it to keep uh, the filling the filling is the main thing of course these days most people eat samosa for the khasta outside but uh, it, it was basically a preservation method in cold uh, weather because look at it technically you know these uh, mantu momo Uh, 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 the name mantu, which is what the Afghans use, Korean. which is what the uh, uh, Turks use, use also. is also the exact same name that the Koreans use. So it's yeah. the same name all the way from Turkey to Korea, which, if you look at it, technically was part of the Turkic belt, because remember, yeah. uh, 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 Manchus and Mongols are also. Uh, Turk is only when Mongols turn to Muslim that you call them Turk these yeah, days. Huns and everything they all related, yeah. Yeah, Huns and Turks worship the Mongol gods, Tangir. Yeah, right. So the, the it, sky. It, it, yeah, the sky. So it's it, it's a it, and you know instead of steaming it, you fry it. I mean, how much innovation does that take? Tail okay. agya. Of course, they would cook it in yak butter, and they were a very fat-rich civilization because you need fat to stay warm in the cold. you need fat to run your lamps you need udhar te milta tha na so they had to use their lamps were all from animal fat uh, and that is why they used to fatten up that is why winter was the culling season you yeah. fatten up the sheep and the yak and whatever during summer uh, when you butcher the animal you use its skin to wear clothes you use its fat for cooking uh, and insulation fat used to be The, the most important insulator for all these steppy tribes and the meat of course was easier to preserve there than it was here so for example in europe and turkey and uh, uh, mongolia and things you do not eat an animal immediately after you kill it you hang it up for about 2 3 weeks for the enzymes to do their work and soften the meat and because yeah. it's so cold out there anyway you would only do it in winter but it's so cold out there 
uh, it uh, cures the meat, not cure, what is it? It um, uh, ages the meat, uh, which makes it taste good. Indian butchery is totally different. Either you have to So we butcher even before rigor mortis sets in that's and eat it, which is why if you go to America and take uh, um, America or Europe and take uh, 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 supermarket meat and make a mutton curry or beef curry or pork curry yeah. out of it, it tastes totally different from when you use meat in India. India. And I have to say one thing about Mongolian food. If you should go and eat chicken changezi, which is not Mongolian at all. It was invented outside Jama Masjid in 1990. But it's good. It's not really Genghis Khan, but yeah. I love it. Uh, please, please do not eat chicken changezi. It is horrible. Bhaskar, I am not coming to your restaurant again. <laughs> Isko nikalo is podcast. Yes, Anybody sir. who says chicken yes, changezi is good. It's disgusting. But do serve, serve in the Neemat Nama. Page 3 of the Neemat Nama has a samosa, sambusa recipe which we serve in the restaurant. So it has eggplant and saffron. I've much. tried it. It's, it's yeah. It's, it's actually so, really good. You should try it. Please, and... Can I tell you that the people who <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, ketchup is technically ketchup Indonesian. itself is an Indonesian word. It's it's yeah. a very in it's it's from the sambal. Uh, it was a variety of sambal called the ketchup, and ketchup uh, cooked in sugar ketchup manis, which then the yeah. Dutch took over and called it ketchup, and it becomes yeah. ketchup in American. They used to call it catsup, C A T S U P, and then it became ketchup. Yeah, that's right. All right, so let's let's wrap it up. But before we wrap it up, once again, yar, maza aage. Mere ko nii malum thi. Bhot chika aaj. So abhi ji, tere ko credit jata hai. Tune Bhaskar ko laya and Bhaskar, thank you very much for coming, yar. Maza aage. Abhi mujhe malum to padega kaun si cheez kahan se aayi. Abhi main khate jaunga wo alag baat hai. Thank you so much. One last thing, because somebody asked about Chinese food and we kind of touched on it. See, it became popular in the 1960s, but it came to India in the 1870s when you had the yeah, Taiping the Rebellion in China. And so yeah. and a lot of Hakas migrated to Calcutta, which was the capital in uh, uh, of the British in those days. So it was a great trade port and things like that. Uh, and like... Yeah, so uh, a lot of Chinese came, but they ghettoized and it stayed Chinese. It's yeah. only in the 60s that it started spreading all over the place. No, and also like uh, uh, like it was also one of the first Chinatowns in the world, Calcutta Chinatown, because uh, the, mm. the British wanted to make uh, leather, right? And leather used a little bit of like cow and pig in it. So Hindus and Muslims couldn't pretty much make leather. So they got a lot of like Hakka Chinese to come and make the leather for them. And then once the leather tanneries kind of faded out like post-independence, the like the Chinese living, they had to get another occupation as well. So one of the occupations they shifted to was restaurants and they and this new old Hakka, Hakka noodles, that's why it's called Hakka noodles and chicken manchurian and all those kind of things. Which manchurian, of course, is they, it replaced Manchuria. But like chicken manchurian, Hakka noodles, all these things are from like southern Chinese people. Who but nobody, like, from, nobody from Manchuria ever went to India. I have to make this very yeah. clear. And Manchurian that food said, was It was during yeah. the Manchu. It's disgusting. Manchurian food is totally disgusting. Uh, yeah, but boring. it was during the Manchu dynasty, which ruled from 1600 to 1911. Uh, the Qing dynasty, yeah. uh, spelt Q-I-N-G, but pronounced Qing dynasty. Yeah. The Boxer Rebellion that in 1912. The migration to the Taiping uh, Rebellion happened during the Qing dynasty. The migrations of the Hakka yeah. to Calcutta happened during the Qing dynasty. And therefore, 
it was called i suppose chicken manchurian in tribute to the emperor rather than having come from manchuria per se uh, yeah. there's also a funny question about you know pineapple on pizza now see i don't understand <laughs> what a version pineapple is from the americas pineapple is from Alive. the americas italians have no issues putting bloody tomato which is also from the americans on their pizza but they have an issue of putting pineapple on their pizza which is also from the bloody americas ye kya yeah. chutiya pa hai kya chutiya bana raha hai but you know the original that it's a very interesting origin ha tu bata i'm sorry i'm a very boring Hawaiian guy pizza. i like the origin of these things so it's nee, because nee, nee. the because hawaii is related to japan right and uh, so it's because when the british came to india it's it's related to british actually because when they came to india they set up their first uh, factory in surat but because of the child's war in which uh, the ganjay survive which was a ship which was a massive mughal ship uh, it was robbed by the british they were just pirates in the beginning and maybe even the later but like the aurangzeb's granddaughter was on it and it got it she was i mean it was very badly aurangzeb was very badly affected by it and then he destroyed surat so they had to relocate to chennai where they found where they where they found that the that the tamils were having something like rasam so madras curry powder was something that they found and madras curry powder is really famous all over the world now which you use in india but it's used all over the world it's called curry powder and it went in 1871 when the major when the with the meiji uh, restor when the whatever the japan opened its country basically in 1868 and the meiji restoration i think it's called 1871 the british sailors went and trained the japanese sailors they took uh, curry powder there and that's how you got japanese curry and that has pineapple in it and then when the japanese went to hawaii they took pineapple with them and then when pizza came to america with the italians the pizza went to hawaii and then that's how the the cultures mix so it's 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 like an amazing origin that all the cultures mixed into making hawaiian pizza basically pineapple pizza i hate it i can't have it but whatever people like it i can't eat it well yeah that that is interesting but, all right but, yeah we we'll... but do for our oh. audience for our audience if you do go to italy Please insist on pineapple on your pizza if you want to irritate. <laughs> They'll kill you. They won't survive. Only one thing, uh, Kushal. Next time you have to. I mean, I hopefully if, we, if I get a next time here, I would love it. I would only say one thing. Please, we have to discuss vegetarianism in India. It's one of the most. We'll do a separate podcast for amazing that. topics. Yeah. Yes, we'll do it. So maybe a काम करते हैं. मैं दिल्ली आ रहा हूँ अगले महीने तभी सामने सामने बैठ के कर लेंगे. Okay. Actually, let's do it. Let's do a live podcast eating historical food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sure, sure, sure. talking about that. So, okay. So, we can do it. उसमें थोड़ी मगज मारी करनी पड़ेगी. Mike, Mike, मैं ले आऊँगा. हाँ. वो पहले जाके setup कर देंगे. But we'll do a mukbang come podcast. It'll be a mukbang podcast like this. Okay. So, for example, this is Karachi biscuit, and it's delicious. Karachi bakery say, and it's like. अभिजीत ना कर शर्म किया कर कश्मीर को आजाद करो कश्मीर पाकिस्तान का है अभिजीत ओके चलो अभिजीत यू हैव टू गो आई नो एट नाइन ओ क्लॉक सो वील रैप इट अप बट भास्कर यार थैंक्स फॉर कमिंग आज मजा आया फॉर अ चेंज पहली बार मैंने अभिजीत से ज्यादा किसी को बोलते हुए देखा जस्ट जोकिंग आई आई टॉक अ लॉट आई एम लाइक अ मशीन सो आई एम सॉरी अबाउट दैट नहीं नहीं कोई बात नहीं आई एम जस्ट किडिंग मैन आई सो and guys if you are in and around delhi and those that, that part of town do go and 
चेक आउट माला अकबरी गो एंड हैव फूड ओवर देयर और अगर जाओगे तो उधर बोलना हमने आपके बारे में चार वक्त पॉडकास्ट पे सुना था ताकि भास्कर को भी पता चले जिसका खाना खाना है जिधर का खाना खाना है खाओ मगर मेरे माई टेक अवे साला पनीर 400 साल पुराना मेरा दिल टूट गया वो सोच के मगर मैं फिर भी पनीर खाते रहूंगा मुझे कुछ फर्क नहीं पड़ता है वो किधर से भी हो अगर टेस्ट अच्छा है तो खाओ बट या वी विल डेफिनेटली डू अ वेजिटेरियन पॉडकास्ट एंड फूड का पॉडकास्ट अगेन नेक्स्ट मंथ जब मैं दिल्ली जा रहा हूँ मैं अभिजीत और भास्कर कुछ प्लान करेंगे वील डेफिनेटली ट्राई टू अरेन्ज समथिंग अंटिल देन टेक केयर एज ऑलवेज प्लीज सपोर्ट द चारवक पॉडकास्ट लाइक दिस वीडियो subscribe to my channel leave your comments below member bano whether it's on patreon or on fanmo or on youtube buy the merch on kushalmera.com i'll see you guys next time take care bye